This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 15, Exodus chapter 15, and we are studying the uh, Song of Moses after they crossed the Red Sea. And I feel like I'm back in the Psalms. I feel, it's, it's, I feel like we're back during the pandemic and we're going through those Psalms. What a, what a, what a wonderful time that was a Bible study. What a wonderful time in the world wasn't a wonderful time for uh, the people that were listening, but it was a wonderful time of Bible study. And this Psalm is, or this song, which is what a Psalm is. This song is a powerful song of victory. It's a powerful song of revelation of who God is. And by the way, that's what singing is. That's what that's what we do when we sing songs is we're singing about the things that God has revealed to us. The the great song How Great Thou Art or or the great hymn How Great Thou Art is about a, a man's revelation from God when he is passing over the spot where his family was killed by a, a U-boat that sank the ship that his family was on not too many days prior to his crossing over to the United States. And as his as the ship cro- passes the point in which that, that other ship went down, he has a revelation from God about God's mercy and how great he is and how, how he handles us and deals with us in the midst of sorrow and deep pain and hurt that comes from the world. And he writes this song, and now it is a, a hymn that is sung over and over again all over the world. And it is an overflow of his being his revelation from God in the moments of his life. And remember, God gives us his general revelation in the world, in his creation. He gives us his specific revelation in Jesus Christ. He gives us his revelation of who he actually is embodied in Jesus Christ and given to us uh, forever through the word of God. And then he gives us he gives us personal revelation that includes the general and the specific revelation of Jesus Christ. And his personal revelation has to do with the events and the things that go on in our life each and every day. And each and every day is a different day. Uh, today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is a different day today, every day. And uh, you don't know what comes with each day, but you do know that they are given to you by God and they're a gift of God. And when Moses crosses the Red Sea, he is going to sing a song for him and the people that reveal how they have now seen God in his full glory. They saw his judgment on Egypt, but they didn't experience it. They did see his deliverance from Egypt, and they did see his deliverance from the hand of Pharaoh and the hand of darkness. And naturally, you would want to say what a wonderful and powerful word God has and work God does. And so that's what this song is about. He says, I want to sing to the Lord for his triumph gloriously, the horse and its rider 
he is thrown into the sea. And that's what they feared. They didn't have any horses. They probably did have donkeys. They may have had a few horses, but they sure didn't have enough for thousands of chariots or hundreds of chariots and for cavalry and for his army. And Pharaoh brought all those to bear, his cavalry, his army, his chariots, and they didn't have those horses. And if you're a army without horses, uh, anytime from that time on really through World War One, if you're an army with no horses, you're an army in bad situations. And an army without a cavalry is an army that is exposed. And a people without a cavalry is a people that is exposed unless you have God. And obviously, when they saw those horses coming, they said to themselves, they said to themselves, we don't have a chance because we don't have anything to match them. And, uh, and so that's why they said, are there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to be killed? But some trust in chariots and tr- some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's exactly what... Moses is saying here, the Lord is my strength and my song. He is my song. And that's a key idea here is that when we sing, he is our song. He is He is the one that puts the song in our heart. And that's true of how great thou art. And it's true of this song for Moses 3,500 years ago. He says, and he became my salvation. Notice, God is saving them. That is the whole purpose of what he's doing in Moses is is recognizing that he's saying this is the process of God saving us from Egypt salvation i'm giving you the picture we're living out god's eternal picture of salvation in the old testament that is going to be embodied in the person of Jesus Christ in the new testament and so he says and he's become my salvation he is my god and i will praise him my father god and i will my father's god and i will exalt him Notice, he's saying he deserves to be praised. And we talked about that yesterday, that being one of the important disciplines of the Christian life. It's not just prayer. It's not just Bible study, but it's worship also. And you can't divide those things out. Last night, Wednesday night, we were in Daniel. Daniel given the order not to pray to anyone else. What does he do immediately when he hears that order? He goes back to his house. He opens the windows in the upper room. He's not hiding anything, and he goes to pray. Why does he do that? He does that because that's one of the things, the disciplines, the things that believers do. They pray, they sing, they study God's Word. They hear God's Word. They hear God's message to them. They get hear what God has to say to them for each and every day. They believe it, and they act upon it. That's what disciples do. That's what followers of Jesus Christ do. And David did that. Daniel did that. And now we're seeing now we're seeing Moses come along and he's telling us that it's important to praise God. He says the Lord is the man is a man of war. Notice they've now figured out that their God is able to to not only provide for them, he's not only a sustainer, he's able to protect. He's a protector and a provider. He says the Lord is his name meaning he is Jehovah, he is, he is, he is <coughs> king and ruler of all. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he has cast into the sea. Notice they're going through the play-by-play. I love it. Whenever anything wonderful happens, anything funny happens, anything exciting happens in life, and sometimes even when something tragic happens in life, we always do the play-by-play. We do the remembrance. We remember those things. Why? Because they're important. They're passed down. In fact, the greatest way we know history, even today, is stories passed down from generation to generation. And so naturally, if you're going to sing a song and you're going to sing a song about what God's done, naturally, you're going to do a play-by-play of what he did. And, and then 
when you think about the story of the song, How Great Thou Art, it is telling a story. And it's telling a story about when terrible times hit, this is who God is. And this is a triumphant time for Moses. And he says, Pharaoh's chariots and his army were cast into the sea. His chosen captains also drowned in the Red Sea, meaning the guys that made him powerful, his mighty men, they're cast down in the sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. He's just naming off the things that uh, happened when God stepped in. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy to pieces. Notice he's saying, the power of everything and the power of all things is in, in the mighty right hand of God. He says, in greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent for, forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. Now, you go, he's already been doing that. And that's one of the principles when we when we deal with God. We find God and we think we found something brand new. The truth is he's been doing it for a long time. They see God destroy the Egyptian army and they think, man, that is great. But the truth is God's been judging Egypt for a good long while. They've Ten major calamities have come upon Egypt that you heard about but you didn't see. Now that you've seen it, you realize how powerful and great God is. And that's one of the things about God. Sure, he gives us all the evidence of who he is in his word, but the truth is the truth is that our experience of him is very powerful for us. It's very important for us, and we need to experience God. We need to experience what he's doing and who he is. And he says, and with a blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. What he's saying is, that was just amazing when the water parted and it looked like it looked like your nostrils were blowing it apart and they gathered together on both sides and stood upright it wasn't like they just kind of slinked away they literally stood up like uh, up upright like a wall and it became firm it looked like there was it was it looked like glass that's not the word used here it's used it became firmer congealed i'm not even sure that they had a real total understanding of what pure glass could be uh, like we have today, but it congealed. It became firm. It's not like it was just being held up and you could stick your hand in it. It literally became a wall of water. The enemy said, I'll pursue. And as we're going across, they said, they're coming. He said, they said, I'll overtake. I'll divide the spoil. My desire shall be to satisfy on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. What he's saying is they came and said all this. They talked about this stuff they was going to do. And it's just a telling of the story. That's what's going on here. He's just telling the story. And in excitement and exuberance, it, and it's, it's powerful. He says, you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. He said, you blew it and it opened up. And then you blew again and it was gone. The walls were gone. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? fearful in praise, doing wonders. Who does, who does that? That's a good question, isn't it? It's a question of our time. It's one of the things that people say today. Who does that? Only the Lord our God does that. He says, you stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. What he's saying is, when you redeem somebody, you bring them totally out. You save them. Great theological understanding that's given to us after he realizes when you save people out of Egypt, 
you make sure that they get where you've, you're taking them to go. And that's what he does. He, once he delivers you, he is bringing you fully to him. It may be a tough process, maybe a hard process, but he's going to do it. The people will hear you and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. What he's saying is people are going to hear about this. And they are. And they are. That's the whole point of it. People are going to hear about this. The Philistines, they ain't going to be happy. The chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. What he's saying is they're going to be afraid because a God who can destroy Egypt and deliver you out of Egypt and destroy their army without even his people taking up a sword or arm, they're going to be afraid. And let me tell you something. The enemy, the enemy is afraid. The forces of darkness, the demonic, the fallen angels, they are afraid. They are afraid when God moves. And that with Legion and the man in the caves who comes out running, you see it oftentimes when Jesus is dealing with one who is inhabiting someone and he's about to cast them out. They are afraid of him. They know who he is and they know how God moves. And when God's moving on your behalf, trust me, the world of darkness shakes at his movement and at his hand. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, you will be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. What he's saying is you made it for sure. You were steadfast. You are the rock. You're the one who, when you were delivering us, there was no doubt we were being delivered. We saw those walls of water and there was no doubt that you were in the midst of it. We didn't have to worry about anything happening because what was happening was something that we couldn't even imagine. And oftentimes that happens when God delivers us, when God brings us up and shows his salvation to us. Only he can do it. Only he has the name that is above all names. He says, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. Notice God's going to bring us to the place where he desires us to be, and he's going to plant us, and he's going to make us into mighty trees for his kingdom in the place of the Lord, of the Lord which you have made for you own dwelling, for your own dwelling, the sanctuary of the Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And what he's saying is, I, you brought us out here so that we could be in your sanctuary, so that we can know you, so that we can have so that we can have communion, so that we might relate to you, so that we might hear from you and know you. God has delivered us for a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify him and to know us. And we, he wants us to know him, and he, his deliverance is for that purpose. And, and when you thwart that purpose, you thwart his deliverance. When you work against his purpose of knowing you and you knowing him, you work against his deliverance and you work against his salvation, and that causes you not to walk in it causes you not to experience it. He says, For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. See, God delivers his people, and God brings judgment on those who are not his. And that is a story of Scripture. That is one of the most important stories of Scripture, is that God brings his deliverance, and he brings it fully and completely. And for those who are not his, there is only one thing that can be, and that's his judgment and wrath. And his judgment is complete, and his judgment is full. And we're not that. We're God's people. 
and we need to sing the songs of God. That and and by the way, when you hear a praise song, a hymn, a song that touches your heart, and they're all there. Some of them were written hundreds of years ago, and some of them were written last year. When you hear a song that touches your heart and relates you to God's word and to your circumstances, sing that song, sing that new song, and make it a song of your heart. And it's a song to Him. And in fact, that's really what he says. He says, he says, I'm going to sing a song. You're my strength and my song, verse 2. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we say that to him? He is our strength in our song. And uh, I hope that's the case for you. Remember, Sunday's coming. And I would encourage you that one of the disciplines of faith is to gather together with his believers. He says, do not fail to assemble yourself. That is a part of growing and becoming. That's a place where you can hear God's word. That's a place where you're given freedom to worship. That's a place where you can pray together corporately and seek God out. And you would be remiss if you were not there. You would be remiss to miss out on all that God does, whether you're at Lake Community Church in, in on Lake Martin in Dayville, Alabama, or if you're somewhere else in the world, you would be remiss not to gather with at least a couple of people and more preferably a, a group of believers who are doing life together. You'd be remiss not to do that. And so I would encourage you to do it. I'd encourage you to walk in it. And I'd encourage you to make the Lord your song in Jesus' name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.